0: I want to thank Reverend Jessica Lagrone for this invitation to come and share with you today in this time of worship. Estes Chapel is a very special place in my heart, and many that walk across this campus have a very special place in my heart as well. Uh, because I have spent almost about 20 years between the two universities, between universities the two institutions. <laughs> so I'm grateful uh, to be here again this morning, and I am immensely grateful for the gospel choir that has come from so far away, <laughs> from from around the United States, but also from across the street. Uh, so thank you, Ben Black and uh, Caleb Norris, and for all of the members of the team for the work that you do in bringing worshipful music to us. So thank you this morning. How then shall we pray? Because time is limited, I will focus on a few thoughts that have emerged as very helpful and important in my own life. How then shall we pray? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, as has been read for us, says, Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Just this morning as I sat down for my daily devotions, I found these words, "Keep asking." I say to you, ask and it will be given to you," says Luke 11:9. The devotion centered around persisting in prayer. I trust You and I are here this morning as worshipers of the living God. And thus, I am certain that each of us has a measure of a life of prayer. While it may vary in many ways, your life of prayer will look different from my life of prayer while it may vary in many ways, we all come to this place having a life of prayer. If you have come to this place in the season of Lent without a life of prayer, I hope that this will be a start in that journey of growing a life of prayer. I'm not the first person you're hearing on this topic. I have gone and listened to the archives of the various speakers who have spoken on the significant posture of Christian life. That a Christian life bears the mark of a prayerful posture. I am also very confident that our experiences of our individual and communal prayer life vary from moments of gratitude for answered prayers to perhaps bewilderment at the outcome. I hope you will hear the words behind the words. I hope you will take a moment to step into your own life and your own experiences and your own circumstances and look for those moments of gratitude for answered prayers and perhaps the bewilderment at the outcome of others. From prayers arising out of hope to prayers to overcome hopelessness. Prayer, in my humble opinion, is not a formula that we can replicate again and again. The only portion of a life of prayer that is a formula is constantly coming before God. It's constantly coming before God and persisting with the God of all creation. That is the only part of the prayer that is formulaic. It's coming before God at all times. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18 again, Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So a couple takeaways. Rejoice always. How then shall we pray? Rejoice always. It does not eliminate any circumstance or moment in human life. The good and the bad... The word prevails, it says, rejoice always. Friends, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time rejoicing always. And oftentimes the notion that we live under, perhaps mistakenly, is that Christians are supposed to be happy all the time. And I must confess that that perhaps could be off-putting for some. Because that takes away from the capacity to be authentic and genuine. I need to stay with my sermon points because I've been told I need to end by 11.45. <clears throat> so rejoice always. What, what, what is being communicated in those words for you and me? I believe that a sense of joy comes When we have a hope in Jesus Christ as the one who is for us and is the one who provides for our needs. Philippians 4.19 declares, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. So the bank balance is down to zero or perhaps there are some struggles in life that make us feel empty, broken, disturbed, perhaps even coming close to feeling a sense of just falling apart. And the word is, rejoice always. Secondly, Paul says, pray constantly. We pray constantly when we have a relationship with God, which flows out of the awareness of his constancy with us. Are we aware of his constancy with us? Is our relationship with God active and vibrant? Or is it like the weather in Kentucky? That one day it's active and one day it's dormant, one day it's mild. And it could be all of that. I think because such is life. But the beauty is that Psalmist says in 1162, because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I shall call upon his name as long as I shall live. So let us not forget when those circumstances take us down or seem impossible, that our task is to just call. On his name. I have seen so many seasons in my own life of prayer when it has gone from a type of prayer to a type of prayer if you're tracking with me. When I was younger I would keep praying that God would just help me to pass every class, that God would just help me to have good friends. Anybody pray those prayers? Thank you. (laughs) Or God help me to find a great spouse. Our prayers graduate as well. So we need to track with what we're praying for. At this point in my life, I have found myself praying. Lord, I don't know what else to ask you. And if I had a chance to unpack much of that, you would understand why I have come to this place. It's not because of the hopelessness, but it's because I have experienced such abundance that I want Him to tell me what I should pray for. Now, does that come easy? No. It doesn't, but my posture and hope in life is that it will grow the more I do it. Lord, how do you want me to pray today? Who do you want me to pray for? How shall I pray for myself Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I shall call upon his name as long as I shall live. So pray constantly. Thirdly, the exhortation is give thanks. Giving thanks in all circumstances. When you fail a class, when you don't have the money, you Cars broken down? It's easy to give thanks when things are going really well, perhaps. I don't know. Often I've heard it say that we forget to give thanks when things are going well. But you, make, you take your own assessments, take your own inventory and figure out what exactly does my prayer life tell me right now about where I am? Give thanks in all circumstances, one of the hardest things to do. And yet, this is the invitation for you and me, is give thanks. Look for where God is present and give thanks. Oftentimes, if not always, our mind turns to places where we think that God is not present. Please hear me. Oftentimes, if not always, our minds turn to places where we think, we think that God is not present. Look for where God is present. And if you are unable to see him, ask him to show himself to you. Persist in prayer. Ask and you shall receive. So what I take away from even sharing this word with you this morning is Esther, don't give up asking the Lord for the things that are on your heart. It is tiring to keep coming back, knocking on the same door, asking for the same thing. Anybody tired? I'm tired. There are prayers I've prayed for for 10 years or more. But nowhere in the scripture does it say stop asking. Because if your prayer is not aligned to what God wants to offer you, it will be aligned by the time you're in your 10th year plus one day. Psalm 91 says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of your wonderful deeds. When we remind ourselves of God's goodness and God's faithfulness, the attitude of gratitude continues to grow in us. I could share numerous stories of when I have just sat in an empty space, and I have said, Lord, I don't know where to go. I don't know who to ask. And I am absolutely not sure if you're going to come through. But I stand before you this morning as a reminder that he does come through. I stand before you as a reminder that we must persist No matter how uphill a battle is, our job is to persist. Nowhere in this particular text does it say, find the answers to your prayer. It just says to pray. It is God's job to provide the answers for our prayers. Is it possible then to pray? With rejoicing. Is it possible then to pray constantly? Is it possible then to pray with thanksgiving? John Wesley says this type of prayer is the cultivation of the understanding that God is present here and now. And this God who is present is the God I know through Jesus Christ. This God is for me, willing my good, guiding even in the worst of times, the worst of fears, the worst of pain. The guidance God gives does not eradicate the pain. The guidance God gives gives the power of endurance. It gives the power of faithfulness and the form of resurrection that is possible even in the midst of hard times. So if prayer is growing in you, the capacities for endurance, the capacities for faithfulness, and the capacities for a resurrected life, then I think we're on to something. There is so much I could say. But I am going to close this portion with these words from John Polkinghorne, who is a physicist theologian. And I I found these words when I was walking by Dr. Steve Seaman's office and I just said, can I get a copy of this? And he gladly took it down from the door and gave it to me. And now it hangs on my office door across the street. Hear these words. There is a genuine instrumentality in prayer because things become possible when human and divine wills are aligned with each other. Which would not be possible if they were at cross purposes. Using a scientific metaphor, one may say that prayer seeks a laser-like coherence between divine and human wills. Laser light is powerful because it is what the physicists call coherent. All the waves are in step so that all the crests coincide and add up, and all the troughs coincide and add down, yielding maximum effect. In incoherent light, crest and trough can coincide and cancel each other out. Prayer is seeking an act of laser-like coherence in human divine cooperation. So dear friends, may our encouragement this morning be to seek that which is his for you, May the encouragement be to seek that which is his for you. I'm not asking us to pray for someone else's things that we desire. I'm inviting us to pray for the things that's ours in him. Let's not get sidetracked, not just in the season of Lent because it's sombering, sobering to remember the sacrifice. But may this become our posture throughout our lifetime, that we seek that which is his for us, for me, so that we can then pray. With great rejoicing, with great continuity, and with great thanksgiving. Amen.